Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 65. This week on the episode, I've got a band called Good Terms. Um, I'm a big fan of them already. They are dropping their first album, their debut album, called Turning Point on April the 9th, so just a couple days after this podcast goes live. Um, Had a great time talking with the guys. Uh, We talked about kind of how the band formed, some of the story behind the album and the the songs, um, the perception of the music industry and kind of what the DIY spirit uh, means to a band like this. So um, had a great time talking with uh, Zach and Gio. Um, hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Highly recommend you checking these guys out. Um, we also talked at the end of the episode about which songs they think kind of truly showcase you know, them as a band. And so Friday, when that album drops, you guys need to jump over, check that out. But for now, let's dive into the conversation with Zach and Gio of Good Terms. No, uh, really, though, I, I do appreciate you guys, you know, fig- figuring out time that we could do this and, and everything. Of course, yeah. um, you know, Haley sent me the the advanced stream and everything. I'm really digging the sound. Uh, hmm, I think that this much. is going to be a, a fun project uh, to follow for sure. So um, to kind of jump into the the episode, normally I'm very conversational. Um, I don't do like the standard 10 questions or whatever. So yeah, yeah. we'll we'll talk about the project and everything. But to kick off, I always do start with the same boring ass question. And that is introduce yourselves, uh, name what you do in the band, and just a little background on how the project came to be. Sure. Oh, me go first. Okay. Um, all right. So my name is Zach Boucher. Um, I play guitar in the band. Um, I sing a little bit. All four of us uh, sing. I sing the least because I'm the least good. Uh, and I, it's just, it's just a, uh, so I'm not being self-deprecating. It's just a fact. I'm okay. I provide value in the vocal department, but everyone else is just a much better singer than me. Um, but uh, Gio and I are both producers. Um, I produced this album. Gio had an enormous hand in that as well. And then Geo mixed the whole thing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, and I kind of handle like the business of the band right now, um, more or less. I used to work at a record label. That's what a lot of the songs are about me, like not enjoying that process. Um, yeah. Learning a lot of good stuff, but I kind of just treat this as though I were still working that job and, you know, being able to like take the things I learned there and do that here. But yeah, that's generally my role. Um. My name is Gio. I uh, play bass on the whole record. I mix the whole record. Um, I had a lot of fun on the record. I'm here to make snarky comments mostly. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's my my involvement is is really on the sonic end of things after everything's been done. The business stuff I'm not very good at, and thankfully Zachary is very good and passionate somehow about it. So 
Awesome. Um, so that's definitely one of the things I wanted to, to talk about is the DIY aspect. Um, you know, we've all kind of seen it growing up with, especially in the pop punk and, and punk scene. Um, DIY has been incredibly influential throughout the years. Um, for you guys, how important was it to kind of maintain that control over the project and, and do this as DIY as you can? I mean, it, to me, it felt kind of like a half necessity, but just half like just kind of how we all do it and how we all work on music. Like we're all kind of um, career musicians and life musicians for the most part. So we just kind of by proxy of just of loving music and loving what we do, we've just picked up all these other things. Like I fell in love with, you know, mixing and producing and and Zach had a lot of experience in that as well. So I think the DIY thing, like I, I'd love to think that it was like a, Hey, we're going to do this DIY, but it was just like, no, this is just how we all make music. And like, you know, speaking for myself, like I've worked with artists where I, where I feel like there's a, a heavy hand from external sources and like managers and all that. And yeah. uh, it was nice to kind of like, just cut that off and be like, let's like the four of us make a record for ourselves and then see, then see what it looks like, see like what, what the music is after and, and, and where to go from there. So the DIY, I mean, I'd love to keep selling that, but it was just kind of like, it was a, the most natural thing because we were like, we're right. all great at what we do and we all love what we do. Yeah. I think for, for me, the, I went to college uh, for music business and that I always has, I obviously have been a, you know, a musician primarily that's always kind of been in the forefront. Um, right. But I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I have this passion for the business side and um, let me, you know, I'll chase that as well as doing this artist stuff. And in doing the bit, learning all the business stuff, it was, I, it was always just like, let me just learn how to do this so I can just do it for myself. Um, yeah. Part of that, you know, is, is, I guess, like Gio said, just out of necessity, but I think in going and having like some, you know, having some jobs in the industry, then being like, oh, there are actually no tricks. There's, I mean, unless you're like Ariana Grande or something like, right. There, there's, you're just doing it. Like, and I think that was really liberating to, to see. And that's like, you know, any artist listening, not that we've had like massive success or anything, but like, it just really is, that's all you need to do. You just need to do it. And all of the like gatekeepers and anyone else will just eventually come in. And I think seeing the trajectory of that, like how that would have worked out, it was like, Oh, Oh, it, I don't know. It was, it was inspiring. And just like, yeah, there's like, <laughs> I'd like to keep selling like the, yeah, you know, we just did it ourselves. Like truthfully, I would love to stop doing the business eventually and just be an artist, but it's just one of those right. things like, well, stuff's got to get done. So We'll just keep chipping away. I'll, you know, fail early and often with a lot of things and just, you know, get better in the process and then eventually know what to do and what not to do. And yeah. Well, and I think, you know, um, being someone in the industry, even before COVID, like financially, does it make sense to bring those people on very early, you know, to handle the business side? Um, until you become, you know, all time low, newfound glory, somebody like that, where, the bills are completely paid and nothing to worry about. Um, why pay the management group, the PR team, the label, all these other people getting their hands in the pot when a lot of the stuff, especially nowadays with digital streams and everything, um, you can kind of do on your own. 
Yeah, exactly. Like the, I, I, <laughs> I had this thought recently that it's, it, you know, you hear people say all the time, like, oh, your band is just a business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like, I think that never really fully sinks in. But as soon as you compare like the idea of what it is you do as a music or like as a band, as an artist from a business side to like anything else, like let's say that I came up with like this brilliant revolutionary idea for like a shaving razor or something. The first thing I would do is make the product really, really good, make the album really, really good. And then see if I could get customers on my own who were interested in doing it getting fans on your own, whatever, do like doing all of that. And then if it works, then like an investor or a label or some, you know, manager, right. agent, industry, whatever would then be like, oh, okay, cool. And putting it in those terms, is it's, it's tough to like put your art as a product and like think of it as such, but it's like, once you do, it kind of helps you just be like, oh, I just have to like be a fully true, like sincere artist. And that is like, that is actually the biggest product, not like, oh, what's selling, you know, what's uh, what's gone radio? Uh, how do we go butt rock to get big? Like all right. the stupid things that you see people do. It's like, no, just make really, really, especially right now, like the industry doesn't have any more power than us. They just have people working and, and like right. just manpower. Um, so I think seeing that and thinking of it in those terms, it just became like, oh, dude, like we could just do this. It's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of work, but it's like, there's nothing in our way. Yeah. There's like, there's so much like, there's also just so much fallacy in like the cheat codes in music. I think oh, like, yeah. like there's just like, well, you got to get a manager. It's like you have two followers on Instagram. Like, what are they going to manage? Like, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, I think like people getting into management really early, people getting into pub deals when it feels like, like the wrong time or you just don't know what else to do. Like, I think there's just, there's just th like, people think that there's so many cheat codes and that there's like a, an easy way to do it. And then you listen to music and it's, I mean, it just, it's not made like deliberately or something, or it's just like, I don't know, like, I'm, I guess I'm speaking for myself. Like I just connect with that stuff I think is, is honest, but I think people can sniff that out. I think people can sniff yeah. out something's been made honestly. And, and even if it's like marketed honestly too, like it, I think it just leaves a bad taste in people's mouth to be like, Oh, this guy's just trying to, I don't know, they're, they're paying for Instagram followers or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> people, I think often look at a, at like, oh, I, what, what do a, like, I've, you know, friends that I've tried to give business advice to just been like, somebody's like, oh, well, big artists are verified on Instagram. So I need to get verified. That's like priority one or like people, big artists are, have huge streams. So I need to like buy all these third party playlist ads and get, a bunch of streams and it's like dude just make really good stuff put it out there talk about it be vulnerable like be just yeah. authentic and show people who you are like that's what people want that like that is actually in your best marketing interest to do that yeah. like if, even if you just broke it down to like that you know that business thing it's like you being a really like yourself and a really really awesome artist like that is actually your best business option um yeah so we've just been trying to do that and, you know, learning a lot in the process, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, I forget who I was talking to, but they made the comment that authenticity breeds loyalty. So just like what you're saying, if you're being authentic with your, your music that you're creating, the, the way that you're, you know, putting yourself out there for fans to see, 
those fans are going to be a lot more loyal because it's not that fake front and it doesn't feel as yeah. commercialized as as some of these artists do. Yeah, yeah and I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote Jim Carrey. I was just going to too. <laughs> and what is the the quote? I think is like you can't create great art and pander at the same time. Yeah, it was. It was I didn't. I wasn't gonna say that, but that's great. I was gonna say there's a thing where he's like, you're, you are, ju you're yeah. just as likely to fail doing something that is insincere that is than it doing something sincere. So you may as well do something sincere and, you know. I forget the exact quote. I'm probably butchering it right now, but you get what I'm going for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the album. The podcast is going to go live on the 7th and then the album drops on the 9th. Cool. Um, so, you know, we, we know that you're being authentic with the music, but let's tell fans a little bit about kind of what it went into it. You touched on some of your experiences at the label and things like that that um, influenced it. Kind of, if you had to, I, I don't normally do this. If you had to tell this is the vibe of the album, what would you consider the vibe? Um, from just an overall standpoint? Yeah, or yeah. Lyrically or, hmm, okay. Um, Gio, do, do you have an answer for this? I got to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I got it. Uh, quit your day job, I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think like in broad, in broad terms, yeah, but I think like, you know, we're all kind of in a, we're all in a point where like we all were merging for this, where we were kind of, you know, pushing hard uh, against like a, a career that maybe wasn't going to be amazing for us or, or at least like trying to everyone having go, you know, I'll just be, I'll, I'll feel sick when I, when I get here or like having this, this place and like just finding out how that is a bit of a, of a facade and that we kind of can all, we all have the agency to make something really sick out of our lives. And I think at least with this project, like for me personally, that was like a stepping stone to like creating a, a wonderful and happy life for myself. It's just going like, I'm now taking control of, uh, of my destiny, but of, of my career and just like, right. and realizing that like um, deliberate and honest work, uh, is fulfilling in in so many different ways, and I think that's the only way that you can, uh, for me, um, make a living. Is 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 like is really being creatively honest um, with some fucking great friends, dude. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think uh, I think this is the the starting. This is the turning point. But this was really like the stepping stone for at least personally me to start making those decisions to go, okay, I'm like, this is, this is what I want my life to be now. Yeah. That's well said. I would say that if I were to give it the little overall sentence, it would just be stop lying to yourself and just stop being afraid. Um, I definitely like let fear control me for a really long time in terms of like, uh, even, even like, you know, it's, it's corny, uh, but even like just kind of giving myself little affirmations in like a daily conversation, just being like, oh, because I'm an artist. Oh, because I'm a producer and saying like vocalizing those things. And when otherwise I had been like, oh, like Gio and I both went through a thing because he was he had an engineering base and I had a business base. And then we, we both moved to L.A. eventually. It was like, oh, like admit like admitting to yourself that you are like a artist and a valid <laughs> Like, like, like you know, a better narrative for ourselves, essentially. 
yeah. But I think overall, it's like there's a lot of stuff that touch on relationship and there's a lot of, you know, things that in adulthood and this like bullshit path that people assume that they have have to follow in life that uh, you it just if you like that, like if you are 24 and you want to have a kid and get married, like, please do that. That's awesome. But like, that's not the path for me, certainly. And for seemingly a lot of people or like if you're 22 and you just graduated college and you don't want to get a job and you want to try like try something passionate, that is absolutely the time to do it. And that's what I wish I did. I was like a lot of this was written, you know, after work, like working a job in my early 20s and just being like, yeah, you know, it's just it, there was never the heart was never a consideration in any of it. Um, it was always, oh, what is what is the smart and safe route to uh, quote the one of the songs? And it's like, if if you're doing that and it feels good, then keep doing it. But if you're doing it and, and I think in most cases, seemingly for people who have you know connected with what we've written, it, they've it's not been the case. So it's just like, you know just listen to your heart and just follow the things that bring you joy and the things that just make you want to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, for the album uh, name turning point, it, it kind of, you know, for me was one of those kind of like what Gio said, where you hit that point in your life and realize this isn't necessarily what I want and I have to, to change directions. Um, I think, what you just said is, is dead on as well with, you know, I'm 30, be 36 on Sunday. And like, there's stuff I wish I would have done back when I was 22, 23, 24. Yeah. And in hindsight, it's like, why didn't I take that chance? And it's because at that time I was taking the safe route because I knew, Mm. well, it's a steady paycheck. It's guaranteed, whatever. Um, But, you know, sometimes you have to take that leap of faith and, believe in yourself and, you know, to go back to what we said about, um, like authenticity and creating something personal to you, you know, you have to take that shot on yourself. And I think that's a a prime example within the record. Yeah. I think like regret is definitely something that I struggled with a lot during the writing process of this and still do in some ways, but you know, like I don't, it's not it's not necessarily about the failures because you will always learn from those things and i think even you know there's been plenty of times in this release rollout that i've had some you know grand business plan that just did not work out at all and i had to shift gears but i wasn't i was never i wasn't regretful for making that decision because it was made i just made the best decision i could at the time versus before it's like uh you know looking back and thinking this is like oh oh, if only I had done this at this time, it's like, it would be much better off to just do it and fail and be like, you know what? I gave it my best shot. You might not end up exactly where you want to be. I heard some, I forget who said this, but there was some quote that's like, if you just do that, if you just follow your heart, you'll eventually end up a place that you are happy with. It might not be where you like envision exactly being, but like, if you just make those daily decisions that, you know, reward everything we talked about before, then- I think you'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about a, a few of the songs. Most of these have already been been released that we'll touch on. Um, number one is Hamster Wheel, uh, which I found to be 
um, kind of one of them that I connected the best with because of making those safe choices, you know, previously in life where you just kind of feel like you're stuck running in place. You know, it's like I said, it's that safe, steady paycheck. Um, and you're just kind of moving with the machine. Um, kind of let's talk about what went into the, the writing and recording process with that song. Sure. Yeah, that was so. Uh, when we started the band, um, it started with me just making a bunch of demos um, and being like, honestly, kind of doing it like a kind of a pop process of like, I'm going to make this track, you know, in quotes. Um, and the track is two guitars, bass, drums. And then we'll have like, I just was like, I'll just have my friend's top line with me. Um, and so that was what we had kind of done before. And the song prior to this, all that we recorded, Hamster was the second song we did uh, with vocals. Um, I had the song All I Can already written. I wrote it with my friend Sam, who's like a pop songwriter. And she and I just did like, she's, you know, she fucks with this whole world. So we were like, oh, let's just write a song. And if, if you can use it for your thing, then great. If we can, I can use it for this band, then great. And then had our singer Brian demo it. And after he did that, we were all just like, oh, my God, like <laughs> you're the singer of this band. You're so good. Right. Um, but uh, Hamster Wheel was the first immediately after that was the first time that Brian and I wrote together. So it was um, we were like, OK, before I was like, you're doing this. I was like, we have to I want to suss out that we're like a good match as songwriters. And my friend Ivan, our other guitar player, who was had at that point, like not in the band, just my buddy who he didn't even live in in L.A. at the time. He was still back home living in Virginia. He just happened to be here, I think, because he he tours for a living. So um, he I think there was like a for some reason he was here and we were like, yeah, let's just let's just do it because why not? So we just had kind of this three way like from scratch writing process we made the the riffs and the track together the riff came from something that our singer brian had laying around he's actually ironically the best guitar player of the three of us and he doesn't i mean he plays guitar but his his Fantastic. yeah uh <laughs> but yeah so that was that was the first thing that we that we started with uh and then just built this whole track and then all of us just kind of resonated on what we were feeling um and obviously, you know where I'm coming from with my story, but that one was, I think, a bit more so based in what was happening with Ivan. He was working uh, at a distillery, like while trying to tour, and uh, he was like dating his the his boss's daughter. Or I think they maybe have had broken up at broken up at this point, and it was just like it was a sticky situation. But the, he literally lived five minutes down the street from it, and that's the line in the song: "A five minute drive." I would drag it out to 10 just to spend less time in the hamster wheel, you know, and that that was I mean, it's it's in line with all the things that we've said. But I think uh, it's about that moment of quitting and being like, oh, my God, I had now that I have finally woken up and finally realized this shit. And I realized that all these regrets and everything that I wish I had done, it's I just uh, fuck. I hope it's not too late. I'm just going to keep going and whatever. But you know, it's sad in that sense. It comes from a place of like kind of desperation, but yeah, that's the overall thing. Oh, uh, Gio also, please feel free to add. Oh, I mean, I, I, I got pulled in for, with the writing process very late, <laughs> all of these, but obviously <laughs> like as a band member, uh, like they would kind of show me these songs and, and these demoed out songs. And I'd be like, 
oh yeah this is did you guys like did you guys know that i was going through some shit or is this like it just <laughs> like it was so like everyone was on the same page yeah. at that time you know everyone kind of treading water in their uh, in their own way so um from a like a, the mixing and mastering standpoint for you geo um do most of the songs uh come through pretty much how you want them or is there you know what i mean like compositionally is it when they get demoed pretty much in the right structure with the way you guys write or is there a lot of like rework that goes into it uh in terms of the the mixing process like zach and i have worked a lot together a lot on a lot of different projects so i think like him kind of um uh, really like spearheading this whole thing. I kind of knew what to expect in terms of like what I was going to be looking for mixes. And I also engineered it. So it was like, like I, I knew what I could pull out of the drums. Cause like a lot, especially for me, like I get the most excited about drums. Uh, and Same. if those are, if that's, or if that's working, like if drums are working in the mix, like I can make really anything work. Um, so in terms of like composition, I think we set up, we set it up so that I could have kind of my moments as a mix engineer to really do some like wacky shit. Um, and that's kind of what I love to do. Like, especially, um, in stuff like chess, like there's just things that like, I feel like when I'm mixing and when I'm sending out mixes to everybody, I have a real chance to like hype everyone up. So that's like something I don't really take super lightly. Like if, if I send a mix and I don't get like a holy shit, like the like the that like room tone in the bridge, like like I feel like I've, I've failed. Um, but the way we just kind of every everything ended up like I just wanted to be like hype. I just wanted to be like like stoked on on all of this. And, and I think we got to that point. I mean, like with the first few mixes, Zach and I were like pulling pulling each other's hair out, I think, yeah. for a little bit. Um, <laughs> which like he's he's literally my brother so it was fine um but we uh but yeah like once once we like got that baseline where both him and i were stoked then it was like this is gonna be fine <laughs> like like we're gonna get through this um and it's and it's gonna sound really sick and and i'm i'm still really proud of it and really uh, really uh, excited to listen to it every time i listen to it i'm like yeah hell yeah <laughs> like like ooh, the snare sounds pretty good in this one Gio and I both went to college together yeah. and we shared room, shared a room in an apartment for uh, for three years. Um, and we both had like our beds like lofted and our desks beneath it and this like our whatever speakers facing back toward each other. And despite all of that, this entire time, uh, the only time we've ever gotten in a fight was about a snare drum. So <laughs> it's just like our process but i remember that exact day too that's pretty fucked up <laughs> I, I owe honestly everything i know about recording to geo and this record was kind of like how i became a producer is the first thing that i was i think i like really really produced but it's really just because i had geo to be like all right this is my plan and he could kind of like almost as if he was like my boss or something like kind of put me to work on being like, this is exactly how we edit drums. This is exactly how we layer samples. This is exactly how like we use Melodyne in this very specific, you know, and I was like, like literally learned how to, how to do everything just in the, in the process of making this album, a lot of which was, you know, recorded, then re-recorded to make it better. Um, right. But in doing that for, I mean, there's 11 songs in the album, but it's, there's like, I think 
like 25 demos probably and that that are just tracks um some some have songs but like in just doing that whole process and kind of just like putting in the work it was like oh cool so i think i was able to kind of set up exactly what he was going to want um and there's still plenty to improve on for the next time but yeah yeah awesome um let's talk a little bit about uh wither away again another track that kind of hit home uh as far as the message that, that comes across in it um for you guys kind of the mentality to write that vulnerable i know we talked about authentic authenticity but you know it, do you have personally do you have those moments of like do i want to put this out there you know what i mean like is is this too too vulnerable to put out oh 100 percent. i've had that thought uh with I, ha I have that thought uh with just about every single thing that we do uh down to literally like I'm about to make an Instagram post. Should I be putting it out there? Um, and I think that whatever voice says that in your head, you have to just kill that voice. Um, I listened to this podcast recently where somebody was like, you, uh, and this, this applies to music too. He, he was talking about posting and, and artists just like not, uh, is, is Johnny Minardi, uh, who I, is like an A&R. Um, and he was saying, like, people think if I do something, if I put myself out there in some way, that uh, the the person that I'm insecure about, that is going to like, they're going to see it and they're going to confirm that I'm this stupid piece of shit that I think I am for for putting this out there. First, that person is almost definitely not going to see it. Two, if they do see it, they're almost definitely not even going to like internalize it. Three, even if they do internalize it, they're not going to give a shit. And even if and four, even if they did if they were one of the thousand people that hated it, isn't it worth it to have 999 people really like that? And then the one person, you know, I, we just have like a negativity bias. Um, yeah. It's just like from a psychological standpoint, we just, it's like in our DNA to be like threat, like lion, like, ah, like the, this, the YouTube comment that's like, these guys suck. Like you're just ripping off X band or something. That's the same part in our brain that's like oh my god uh, this lion is going to kill me so we're just like right. our, our brain is trained to like hyper focus on those and just ignore it you just have to like you just have to trust that as long as you're like as long, i mean as long as you're not like a really shitty person with like some terrible cancelable ideas then right. just just do it and it's gonna be all good yeah i think i uh there's this book called the artist's way that i think i've pushed on Zach a few times. And the first chapter is, is all about like getting to know your sensor. Like they call it the sensor in it. And, and, and it, it's applicable to like any type of creativity and art. But like the first thing you do in this book is like you draw like a really grotesque cartoon of your sensor to kind of like make fun of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think mine was like a weird snake with a suit or something. I forget what I what I drew. But um, yeah, like get, getting, I think that that's like the most, it's a great question, but it's like something that all creatives I think are up against is just like the phony factor and just being like, um, it's, it's the, like, I'm not cool enough from, from school of rock yeah. with the keyboard player. You know, it's like, it's, it's always that it's like, or, or like for me, at least personally, like someone's going to find out that I'm the fraud that I am. Yes, exactly. Um, so, and just trying to push that aside and yeah, I don't know. The sensor's dumb and whatever <laughs> yeah 
Well, and, you know, especially in the music industry and, you know, Zach, with you working at a, a label before, you know, you touched on kind of the gatekeepers and things like that. There's such a, a stereotype around that sort of stuff that, you know, this one person holds so much influence over what my art can be, but we don't take into consideration, especially nowadays with all the digital streaming and, right. you know, SoundCloud, Spotify, all that, that that one person doesn't control your destiny anymore. It, it's not 1975 anymore, you know, where right. A&R is sitting in the bar to watch your band every night. That's pretty much gone by the wayside. Like A&R still gets out there and, and researches bands, but it's mostly digital at first. And you can have a hundred thousand people loving your stuff. And just because Billy over at, you know, Sony records doesn't like it doesn't mean that you're not going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fuck Billy. Honestly, <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's, it's, it, I feel especially lucky to be in this time with everybody here because everyone's highly creative and, and, you know, everyone cares so much, but then, but cares enough to service a song in a fun way. Like, I, any song that we all touch i'm always laughing because like it's just it's it's always so fun it's like wait can we do this can we do this like four four section into a five four section then when it flips it's like the opposite like like that shit always makes me excited and i think right now especially with music like there's kind of this like really beautiful meritocracy in um in how crazy shit can be like the like sometimes it's like the crazier the better like Brock Hampton makes some of the most wild music I've ever heard and they have huge fan bases Tyler the creator there are like these amazing examples for like do this thing and don't give a fuck and people will and like just have like just have a good time like I I don't know I'm I think I'm I'm projecting a little bit just because like I'm constantly um trying to cultivate a, a good relationship with music because it is my well-being it is like my passion so especially the, like this project is such a totem for me for like this is fun and this is great and i'm gonna do whatever the fuck i want in this space and everyone's gonna be so happy and everyone's gonna love it yeah touching yeah. on touching on the the gatekeeper thing that you that you talked about like I didn't like my experience at the label because I was, I felt like I wasn't myself. Um, but the people at the label were awesome. Like everything else aside, a great job, just not the job for me. Um, yeah. And there was no weird, like ever. And honestly, everyone at the label approached every project the same way that we have, you know, more or less we, we have the same way that we've just been talking about with this authenticity. Like, I think people think that the industry are these like massive snakes that are like out to make a day to remember, make a bad record with pop music. Oh, no. Like, wow, you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I see seeing 800 comments on the new A Day to Remember record, which I don't like. I mean, kudos to them for doing what they want, but I just... <laughs> It's fucking bad, man. Like, yeah. was that uh, kudos to that? But <laughs> it's you know whatever. It's uh, but people are thinking like, oh my god, they signed with Fueled by Ramen. Fueled by Ramen is ruining my favorite band. And it's like, dude, don't be mad at Fueled by Ramen. Be mad at your favorite band. They're the yeah. one that did this. Fueled by Ramen was probably like, oh yeah, we can hook you up with like these co-writers. There's a couple of those on there, but like most of them, it's the same team. They were just like, yeah, let's just make this weird, like, you know, imagine dragons shitting on Ricky Martin's chest kind of vibe for this. Right. 
And it's like, well, they tried it. And I mean, if people like is sick, but I don't. Um, but, it, you know, it's like that's that's at the end of the day who, you, who you've got to like hold. You got to hold the artist to, to this the spot. And like, obviously, all of that aside being like artists need to just follow themselves and be authentic. And if that's their authenticity, then sweet. But I think there's this like facade as like you said, as though it's 19 you know, like in sync or something. And like Lou Pearlman is like building the perfect boy band to like, you know, sell to the masses. It's like, believe, like The Voice, American Idol, like all these dumb shows that like, don't you think that they would do that if they could? They can't anymore. Like none right. of those artists, there, there is no monoculture. Like now everyone pay attention here. It's just like, oh, I like the, I like X thing so I can find it in podcasts or in streaming video or in streaming music or, you know, whatever it is that or or Twitch, like whatever it is. Like, I don't like TV. I just want to watch people play video games. It's like that's an option for you now. It, it wasn't then, you know, so even even more reason right. to to, you know, just do all the work that put in all the work that, you know, we discussed earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, Speaking of the voice and like American Idol, um, that's a perfect example of, you know, just because these judges or the masses say that this person was the best. If you actually look at like record sales and stuff, a lot of times it's not even the person that won that season that has the best record sales or the best, you know, recording contract or whatever. Like there's some people that get kicked off fifth, sixth, seventh that are outselling Kelly Clarkson and whoever. And it's like, just because the masses said, oh, she's pretty and she works, doesn't mean that it's the right way to, to produce your music or to, to put something out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just like, you have to just try stuff and you have to, like, I think people look for validation. And I, I did this too. Like, I'm still kind of working out of this process a, a little bit where I was like, I made a bunch of stuff and I didn't show it to anybody. And I had like a tough time, like, mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want to take criticism or take feedback because I didn't want somebody to tell me, like, are these, you know, chunk of demos good? And then be like, oh, Geo said they're good. Great. I feel good about myself now. It's like if you look at those at those checkpoints and like put too much power, like give them too much power, then and pe it's just it's just not productive. And pe I think people think that like, oh, I just need a label. I just need a manager. I just need a blah, blah, blah. And it's like sure it, it would be cool to have that i would i would like for good terms to have all that stuff eventually but like if you don't do it yourself first and just show people like you know get get an honest feet like response from an audience then you just won't know um but yeah. yeah yeah and i think it goes back to like what you said earlier about you know create a good product it's kind of like the the shark tank mentality right like not a single person that goes on Shark Tank is like, hey, we just came up with this idea. We have nothing to show for it. Right. They've all built these these brands and here's where we're at financially or you know, in the music industry. Like, Here's kind of what our fan base is. And with all the analytics you can get through Spotify, SoundCloud, all those places, like you can say the Midwest loves us. We'd like to tour out there, you know, things like that. It makes it easier to, to market yourself. Yeah, sh Shark Tank is literally the, Thank you for saying that. That's the perfect analogy for the music industry. My girlfriend loves that show. And we just 
like we'll, we watched so many episodes of it and it's really obvious as like as a viewer when the person goes up there and they don't have the like the stuff to back up whatever they're they're pitching and they start doing this really emotional but like but my product's gonna change the world and all this shit and and you you as a viewer are like shut the fuck up dude you haven't done anything and it's very obvious as a viewer and it's kind of the same thing you know i'm i'm like I'm a bit more inspired by like, or I'm motivated from like more of a negative standpoint than I think right. most people. So, so seeing like somebody being tough on me is more motivating than kind of like the opposite. And, but seeing that and just being like, oh, that's, it's kind of brutal. It, it's just like, oh, got it. That's the, the path this all became very clear. And it's like you approach as an artist approaching yourself or bringing yourself to the industry, like you should be, you should be able to say those things. It shouldn't be, oh, I have a blue check mark. Oh, I have like, 40,000 Instagram followers that I bought that aren't real, like paying attention to the numbers and the metrics, just being like, I made a thing. People like it. What do you guys think? Like that, that's all what it boils down to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that again, the misconception is that it's, that it's hard to sell yourself in the music industry. And it's not like you said, like make something good and just present it. You know, it, it's, there's been plenty of stuff that gets pitched to me for my podcast, my playlists, things like that, that I'm like, you know, I, I don't care. There's a band from Chicago that I've featured on my playlist a couple of times that only has like 1100 followers on Instagram and, and Spotify and all that. But I'm like, they put out good shit. What's it matter? You know, like you can't find people until you find them. Yeah. And I think I've had this thought recently too, that like, the, the artists that I like obviously are great artists and they have made art that connects with me and all, all, but all of that aside, I do think there's a part of it. That's like, they're in my life because they just kept doing it. Like if any of, you know, right. how many amazing, amazing artists aren't in our lives just because they like let that exactly what you're describing, like stop them or get in their way. And it's like, the art is very subjective. Like, Plenty of things that I don't like. I didn't think the band Silverstein was like for me until like their eighth record or something. And then I got into the eighth record and was like, oh, I actually, oh, I need to check out more of this. So this band's good. But like, but they just kept doing it and they didn't need to impress me. They right. their whole career. And then eventually they got me. But it was like, you know, I think you just have to like, you have to just give it your best shot every time and then just let it go and yeah. put it out and if people think it sucks and you got to deal with that, then whatever. But I think most of the times, like, you know, I'm insecure about so many things about this album. And then I see people's responses and I'm like, oh, really? Thank like, wow, that's that's very nice. Like that's that like that did that for you. Holy shit. Like, I just think I'm this, you know, dumb white boy complaining about my first world problems. Like, oh, no, I had a, a job I didn't like. It's like. And it's like, that's such, that's such not a problem in the grand scheme of like right. everything that's terrible in the world. But so like, there's that fear about putting that out, but you just got to do it. And I think, but I also think like everything that you make is for somebody, you know, I think yeah. like, like that's such a, that's such a good way to get into or get over this fear of the unknown is just go like whatever, first of all, us being alive, being artists are, already inherently have so much value. So trying to figure out how to tap into like intrinsically knowing that whatever you do is a value, taking a step past that and going, 
Yeah, I mean, I could just uh, like. Kanye's released some crazy shit that one person would be like, dude, this is terrible. And then to me or someone else would be like, this is like why I make music. Like there's so yeah. like there's so much um, malleability with that, with that idea. You know, I think, I think just going in, just for me, taking the pressure off myself and going, how can I just zoom into this song and then go, yeah. okay, this is for somebody. This is, I was, I was touched by it. I'm not a crazy person. I mean, I definitely am a crazy person to some degree, but like, you know, it's for somebody, everything's for somebody. So just hit that person. And a lot of my, like, um, cause I, I have a lot of like phobia around the Instagram stuff. It's really difficult for me to connect with it. Um, and something that I'm trying to work into my life is just going like, okay, how am I going to find like me? Like, you know, like how did Pine Grove find me or how did, you know, any of these other bands find me how, like, I'm just trying to figure out how I can present myself to someone and, and that's yeah. someone and hopefully not as judgmental as me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the prime example that I use, you know, we've mentioned Kanye and a day to remember, but like bring me the horizon, not a single one of their albums sounds the same. And Ollie yeah. does not give a fuck. Like, cool, this is what we're doing. I don't give a shit what anybody says. I don't care if you've been a fan for 20 years. Like, this is where I'm at in my life. This is what we're putting out. Yeah, and like, it's so exciting because like, there it seems like the shift where like, people are just falling in love with people's brains. And that's so amazing. Like, we have all these outlets to to like, even TikTok, we can show like, like our brain, our like funny brain. So like, yeah. it's falling in love with like just someone how someone sees music and how someone creates and that's fucking amazing and then there's someone like like the wonder years who i absolutely love and they make like i don't want to say the same record but they say they make like similar sounding records especially like compared to um bring me the horizon and i'm like right. in because i'm in love with your fucking brain same thing with pine Grove. same thing with like tyler the creator people love his brain and people love like he's just fucking around in hollywood doing wheelies and then making batshit crazy records that intentionally sound bad i just love yeah. that it's and it's maybe an over romanticization i guess but um that's why i'm here like trusting that someone's gonna like fuck with the good terms brain and be like yeah, yeah. If they decide to make a reggaeton record, we're totally gonna listen to it. Nineteen seventy five is a perfect is a perfect yeah. analogy for that because everyone just loves loves that brain, loves how they see music, and they'll and I'll always listen, always listen. Yeah, that's bring me nineteen seventy five, Brockhampton, Dance Gavin Dance. Like those bands are the some of some of the most ins like inspirational bands for me. I, I love their music a lot, but it's it's that they just like, it just seems like they just do it. Like there's mm -hmm. no like, we gotta get this hit. Like we gotta have this perfect second verse starts with the cross hat. Then the second verse goes into the breakdown. Then we have the chorus by again. The way, by the way, Zach and I have both done that. A hundred percent. But like, you know, I think that's also kind of why like rock is struggling, like, oh, you know, in the large sense is struggling compared to other genres. I think they haven't caught up with the time. People like Bring Me the Horizon are like the best example of of like, like, thank God they're so big that they can't be ignored. Um, right. but, and and people will come around like they made ammo, which I or ammo, which I really liked. Like it's pop music, but they crushed it. All these a fucking amazing songwriter. Jordan is an amazing producer. And it's like, 
yeah, dude, like this is something that I would hear at LA Fitness. But honestly, shit fucking slaps. It's so good. And I was like, I was here for the pop. They did the Lincoln Park kind of thing before that. That was my least favorite, but I was still like, yeah, it's good. It's very good. And then the new album they put out, they're like, yeah, we're back to being heavy because that's just what we want to make. And I think, and like, I think also as an artist following that voice of just being like, dude, I just, I love pop melodies. I love like Lady Gaga, but I also love like Gate Creeper. And let me, can I just like, mix those two in the same song and like and it's like both of those are part of my personality and if people are into what i do and the you know what geo said the proverbial like good terms brain then it's like then they should get on board for that and if they're not like i'll gain more people by doing that uh then i will lose people by not doing that and yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and i think you know uh, not to you know boast them too much but for bring me like the off the newest album the perfect example for me is the song with baby metal like who would have ever guessed that baby metal and bring me the horizon are ever going to pair up and it fucking kills yeah that's like everybody's favorite song from the record it's dude it's just like i think the way like creating that thing that geo described where it's like you like bring me does something and i feel the same way about like dgd and brock hampton and, and all these the people where i'm just like like mm-hmm. the brock hampton new song that they just put out last night i was like meh this is not one of their best i don't this one's but i still approached it as like well let's see what this is about to be and i didn't leave going like oh fuck you betrayed me by blah and it's just like ah well this one didn't resonate with me as much, but like every single time, like they've earned my trust as a listener to be like, dude, you guys yeah. just make great stuff for all the right reasons. It's all. And I think as as wide as you push eat like the left and right of like, let's say it's poppy and heavy and rock or something like as far as you push either of those, then whatever you do on either spectrum is is like within your world or however you combine them or whatever else. You know, it's just all the tools are on the table. Evolve, evolve. Absolutely. My favorite artist, Evolve, saves yeah. a day. If you go all the way back from their first records and then like even their most recent, it's like what an evolution. They stayed like in their in their brain, but like they just I don't know. I'm I'm so pro making me uh, like you said, Zach, like just go. All right. Like, what the fuck's this about? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Andrew McMahon is a, another great example, like something corporate jack's mannequin and andrew mcmahon projects are all different Mm. but the same and you know over the years every time he comes out with something that you know if you're in the emo pop punk you know realm everybody looks at him and goes oh let's see what he did this time you know and nine times out of ten you're on board because like you said you just you fall in love with his brain and how he composes or the content that he's bringing and you know hopefully that that translates to you guys as well you know remaining authentic and being able to present these um these works of art that people start resonating with and go you know what i've been through that or this really helps me in this situation yeah i I think like the the industry I, i think people understand that and i think artists understand that and i think some of the industry understands that but i think more people need to embrace that because I mean that's obviously the future like and that's just it's also the most healthy and like great version of it you know could you imagine if like hip-hop radio only sounded like 50 cent because that's what was popular in 2002 and between 2002 
and 2021 or 2021, it only ever sounded like 50 cent. Like that's what rock is. It's like, I'm, I, I would, I would, oh, no, I would fuck with it for I sure. Would, I love like no, no shade to 50 cent. I'm just saying like Lil Uzi Vert came out or like, and prior to that, like Kendrick and J Cole, that era. And then prior to that, like the Lil Wayne Kanye era. And now it's like, you, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like, why do you turn on the radio? And it's like, still uh, like, why did rock not just go like, yo, bro, have you heard dance Gavin dance? These guys are fucking insane. Like, yeah, but why- they're like, they're like, no, let's, we're going to play basket case again. Yes. Yeah. Great song. Like, or why did <laughs> fuck with that song? Yeah. I just, it's just very confusing to me. Like why the, the art side of it hasn't been embraced as much. Um, and the same thing, like, same thing I said before. It's it is it is the best marketing idea. Like, I just it's very confusing yeah. to me. Maybe just the audience. I don't know. They have their reasons and their metrics, and maybe I'm full of shit. But I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, for me, I grew up a, a huge Newfound Glory fan, and that first record compared to the newest record, night and day difference. But like for me, I grew up. They grew up. Why would I expect them to sound like what they sounded like in 2003? they shouldn't you know they're 35 year old men now they should they should put out international superheroes of hardcore and guess what people i agree with that (laughs) people like man i went to a bunch of i i've like i grew up in boston and and i went through a bunch of boston hardcore shows and had a really fun time the hardest the hardest pit i'd ever been in was international superheroes of hardcore i was like who the fuck is this and then, and then quickly realized it. And I was like, like my skinny 15 year old ass was like, get me the fuck out of here. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that yeah. bangs, that split is so good. That was like tip of the iceberg. And then on the other side, mm-hmm. oh, so good. oh, so good. Yep. Seat, seatbelt song is one of my favorite songs off that album. So good. And yeah. it's literally him just yelling about wearing your seatbelt. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, but it works. Make that shit. Like, like me sitting here talking about it 10 years later, like that's a shit like that we should all be asp- as artists to be doing, right? Like just yeah. making crazy conversations. Like you remember, it's like, remember when Good Terms did this fucking like Samba song? Like that's, I mean, we're not going to do Samba. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I like two... This is a, a real thing. Two of like my future goals for like what I'm trying to do with good terms and maybe one is more reachable than the other, but like I would love to be like, okay, this is this really amazing pop songwriter that I like think makes amazing music. And I want to do a co-write with him and not like a weird label being like, you guys got a co-write with Andrew Goldstein because he's a hit songwriter. Like I'm just like, dude, you write great songs. Like I just want to write a song with you. And then I also want to like make a absolutely horrifying, unlistenable, like closed casket activities, you know, sludgy metalcore release, both as good terms. Like they're both two sides of my personality. They're both two sides of what we do as a band. Like I think we'll, the, the, the album is obvious. I mean, you know, it sounds like what it sounds like. It sounds like, you know, I'm not going to describe it. I think anyone who's heard has a general idea. Uh, but, and maybe like I maybe I hear the, the the differences more extreme. And I think in the in the future, we'll kind of push the directions a bit further in either way, like poppy or soft or heavy or, or whatever it might be. 
but those are just all of the things that inspire us. So like, I kind of want to just throw all of them in a pot and just spin it around and see what happens. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, having listened to the, the album already, I, I think it's a very strong debut. You know, you guys are kind of showcasing several different types of, of areas you could go into. Um, and, you know, hopefully fans resonate with that and you're able to, to kind of grab onto the pulse, if you will, and say, cool, you know, they've really resonated on this side of the album. Let's, let's explore that direction a little more. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, releasing uh, our song Pedestal was really awesome for me. That's, that's one of my favorite songs. Under Oath is my favorite band. And that song was made after me and our singer just got stoned and listened to Define the Great Line. And we were like halfway through the song or we got up to like the chorus and we're like, cool. And then we're like, let's just chill. And whatever, we did that. And then immediately after listening, we we're like, let's go work on that song. And then <laughs> just wrote the entire rest of it. And obviously the immediate next section is the one with like the Tim McTague, you know, gnarly, like minor second power, you know, the whatever, the panic chord thing. And so it's clearly like a, a inspired heavily by that. But it's like seeing that the people that liked All I Can, which is, I guess, probably our poppiest song, uh, also really like Pedestal, where we're doing this more like kind of sceney, post-hardcore thing that's very like melodramatic and, and just it, like seeing that not only just people within our fan base like that, but the same person like both of those. That was extremely rewarding and inspiring, just being like, oh, dude, I can just do whatever I want. As long as I think it's good and I think it's like, you know, true to me, then run it. Absolutely. Um, so that's pretty much everything I've got for you guys today. Uh, what I want to do to kind of take us out is obviously 2021 still fucking up in the air because of COVID. Um, we don't know, you know, when live shows come back fully, things like that, but perfect world kind of what's your, your plan for 2021. Oh, Zach, I know you're chomping at the bit. <laughs> my little fucking plan, Zachy. Let's go. I'll be here for the first time, too, maybe. Let's see. Let's have a band meeting right now. Um, touring ASAP is, is as soon as that's a possibility. We, I, should, I mean, we've, that's also what I do now. Ivan, as well, our guitar player, he's like an insane like production manager, like just savant level can do all things all things in general but especially all things from like a show production like the other day he drank an entire bottle of tequila and as like a bet for something and then the next day as as his hangover activity uh made a patch bay for his sidecar so he's, he's just like he's the worst he's he's truly the worst i've seen yeah. him eat hot pockets at four in the morning on a <laughs> before um, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good metric, but it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but basically we, we all have toured a bunch. We've just, or Geo, Geo has, has toured as a musician, but none of the rest of us has toured, have toured as a musician. We all work like I've done like tour managing and done merch and, you know, whatever else. Um, and we're very hungry to do that uh, and kind of use our knowledge of that world um, and just head to touring. That's like, and I had a conversation the other day that was like, oh, that might even be a possibility in the fall, which I'd be surprised if it was. But that's that's like the main thing. It's kind of all working 
toward getting there, but um, we're like halfway done writing the next record. Um, so, cause we, this was done in February, uh, turning point was done in last February. Um, so since, since COVID hit, we were like, well, I mean, yeah, we'll release this one. It makes sense. Um, but let's keep writing. And the new stuff honestly is, I think like so much better than the album. Um, of course, shocker artist thinks their new music is better. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, I think we're, we're going to work on like some, you know, maybe some, some fun things like a acoustic, or we have a, a friend that's interested in doing a remix for us, like for some turning point songs, like we might explore that. Um, we're definitely going to be working on LP two. I would say my goals in that sense would be finish the next record and go on tour in 2021. And we're working toward that. And I think uh, whatever are the steps to get there, we'll just keep trucking away. Yeah. What about you, Gio? What's the, the you know, perfect world? What, what do you see 2021 doing for you? Um, man, getting out in the world, feeling like a, feeling like a person in the world with, with my <laughs> best friends, I think. Like, I, I'm... I'm um, so excited for any and all experiences with with these uh three dudes uh, I'm, I'm touring would be amazing i don't know i just uh, every with every week that goes by with these guys i'm uh my pride f- to be a part of this goes up um my enjoyment my happiness um selfishly selfishly we don't we don't break up which i don't think we're going to <laughs> oh, selfishly i get to spend more time with with these guys and work on shit that um i really give a fuck about yeah yeah well said awesome awesome uh, i appreciate your time um like i said this is going to go up april the 7th turning point drops april the 9th um what i'm going to make you do and i artists hate when you do this you have to tell fans what the first song you want them to hear off the album is Oh, easy. <laughs> what well, go? Listen, you get that sweet. You get that sweet record. You it's 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 like ten thirty. Everyone's in bed. I don't know why they're in bed. It's very early. If you're a young, <laughs> you pop your headphones and you pop in those new AirPods. You <laughs> see our record. Good terms. Beautiful album artwork. We worked so hard on this whole record. We're all so happy about it. We have a bunch of singles that we've promoted. Fuck that. Click on chess. <laughs> Click yeah. on chess. And guess what? And that's it. That's all that's all I would ask. You know? That's it. Have a good time. Awesome. Punch a, awesome. Punch a, punch a literal fucking wall. Punch a wall. <laughs> yeah. Ch- chess is the perfect uh the first half is uh 2020 sadness and then the second half is 2021 or 2020 anger so just follow that and you'll know but uh <laughs> actual answer uh uh for me geo's 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 answer is correct i'm gonna be the marketing guy right now i'd say <laughs> you, want, you want the best representation of good terms uh listen if you want to listen to one song uh listen to light at the end that's that's like I'd say it's a heavier one, but that's like that's that seems to be the one people like the most. And it's also one of my favorites it might be my singular favorite. Um, but uh, 
if you really wanted to make me happy, go on our store, uh, goodterms.store, buy a copy of vinyl. Uh, we have about 100 left, I think. Uh, spin it, chill with your homies, have a drink, get stoned, whatever you l- want to do uh, to enjoy music and just immerse yourself in it. Um, listen to it, you know, turn the lights off, whatever it is you want to do. Listen to it front to back and just kind of go on this journey that we've set up. Uh, we're very intentional with like the sequencing and the track list and all that. Uh, so that would be my ideal thing. But if you have to listen to one song, light at the end or chess and chess, just listen to chess, actually. It's, just listen. it's like a minute and a half. <laughs> awesome, guys. Again, I appreciate it. Uh, we'll link, you know, all the socials, the store, or all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, can't wait for the, the record to come out and see some of the response that you guys get. Beautiful. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much, Josh. You're, you're the man. Thank you this so much. Awesome. This was yeah, really appreciate awesome. it. For real. This is very, very fun. Uh, and also happy to hear that you're doing better. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> circle back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hit that, hit that PT hard. We're, we're, oh my gosh. Don't, don't swim for a little bit. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but it's not very good. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, and that was the fucked up thing. They didn't really give me any like restrictions. They were, when they dismissed me from the hospital, they're just like, yeah, uh, go home. And so, like, my sister picked me up from the hospital and stuff. But literally that same day that I got discharged, I jumped in my car after I got home and, and drove over to a buddy's house to I stayed with them for the first week to make sure everything you know had my feet under me and whatnot but um yeah like my sister was like you you can't drive and I'm like the doctor didn't say I couldn't watch me <laughs> that's a that's a classic American healthcare baby yeah yeah, yeah. And, and are we are we sure you went to hospital are we sure no one just bopped you over the head and um, yeah no I've got the medical bills to prove that I <laughs> Oh, oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> that that I am even more. It's sorry. all good. Listen, invest in GameStop or Bitcoin, whatever the fuck they're doing. Pay off those, pay off those bills. Don't do ETF, so it's killing the environment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. NFTs. Sorry, man, NFT. that stuff. And yeah, I know what you meant. The, the <laughs> NFT thing is is a fucking weird situation for sure. It is no, no, no hate to those people, but you're killing the fucking environment. But yeah, mm-hmm. Josh, you're the best. Thank you so much. This has been great. Not a problem, guys. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon, okay? Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Later. Oh, Josh. And that was my conversation with Zach and Gio of Good Terms. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a great time talking to them. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this album does, as well as um, kind of just seeing where they go, you know, like we talked about in that episode, they've got a lot of ideas. Uh, they want to experiment with a lot of different things. And I think they've definitely got the mentality for it and the passion and the, the skill set needed to really pull something like that off. So again, looking forward to what's to come from them. Uh, appreciate you guys sticking around. Um, I, haven't went into great detail about it, but basically the podcast went on hold for about two and a half months um, due to a pretty serious medical uh, emergency that I had. So thanks for sticking around. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, all that fun stuff. 
the podcast, the Instagram, the Facebook, um, to stay up to date on everything. Um, I'm back in the full swing of things, it looks like. So we should be back on our normal every Wednesday release schedule. Um, we're doing the Weekend Waves 2021 playlist every Friday. And then just, you know, our normal bullshit random posts. Um, would love for you guys to share the pages, share the, the podcast, the playlist, things like that. Um, really help us get some more um, kind of traction or foothold, if you will. Um, all that stuff really does help us. It also allows us to get bigger bands or um, maybe some more exclusives, things like that. So hope you guys are staying safe. Um, also want you to know that we are working on a new merch line, so there will be some new merch coming up soon. Um, and yeah, that's everything we've got for this week. Hope you guys enjoy it. Again, make sure you like, subscribe, follow. We are on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, Google Play, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere that you can get your podcast. This podcast is available. So be sure to do whatever you got to do for that. Uh, also, be sure you're checking out Good Terms' debut album, Turning Point, releasing on April the 9th, 2021. Um, and for the outro today, we are going to play the title track from Good Terms called Turning Point. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.